Alright, welcome to the first episode of a new sports gambling podcast, college football themed. Title being, we're going to call this one a run for your money. Kent Brown, Matt Gothard, guys, this is weeks in the works. I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking some betting lines with me. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. Well, this is what it's all about. We have the games this week. We have 86 Division 1A games, not to mention a lot of teams that we've been looking at with futures and preseason bets and conference championships. It's time. It's finally here. Let's get it started. Yeah, it's time. We've been waiting for this. I know the dog days of summer have ridiculous degenerate, in your case, Matt, things to go with. I'm so tired of baseball, man. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Every day I tell myself no more, and then I end up watching Kershaw blow another. It's kind of how I feel about tennis. That's been my pet peeve of the summer of just, oh, yeah, I'm a little bored. Let's just watch this. I know, Kent, you like golf, and that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of golf. Fantasy Golf League. We're into the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs you have. <laughs> And what's nice about golf this week is it ends Labor Day, so it's Friday to Monday. So when there's not much sports going on on Monday except for the Florida State-Virginia Tech game and baseball, which I don't bet, there's a lot of golf on Monday that you can end up betting. Jeez, I would have definitely lost a bet on if Phil Mickelson can throw a high kick. That was insane. I think there's a little CGI to that <laughs> there one. Might be. There Are you guys be. looking forward to that, that matchup between him and Tiger Woods on Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I am. Are you going to pay for it? You're going to watch that over I, football? I don't know if I can watch that over football. It's, what is it, Friday? Yeah, it's, it's the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, it's the day after. I thought it was on Thanksgiving. No, it, yeah. Ah, man. Maybe. No, I'll be in. I wonder what the prop bets look like for that. There's going to be a boat. You don't think we're going over that in about 12 <laughs> yeah, weeks? that's true. We're going to we be going time. over that. But again, that's thing, actually what this is building up one to. One thing I want to start converting you to in is golf betting. I know Gothard oh, here has not really started it. I know you're a big tennis guy. By the next three months, it sucks golf's kind of ending in the next month, but we have Ryder Cup last week of September, and then you have that Thanksgiving, the match between Tiger and Phil. You guys will start to come around to my side. And there's also like 70,000 different bets you can make during one golf weekend, so that's perfect for you, Matt. Well, I love the matchup betting for golf. If you don't know a whole lot about it and you want like 50-50 odds, like that's the way to do it for me at least. Oh, there's so much. We're already talking golf betting. This is good. This is exactly what I thought we would accomplish here. All right, college football season, 2018. Before we get into week one, which we've all been just been waiting so long for, one of the big things about college football, which we all know, is that the future betting market is pretty cool. Not only can you bet who's going to win the national championship, who's going to make the playoffs, but who's going to win each conference, Heisman Trophy, everything that you need to uh, look into for this season. There's also ridiculous player props we can dive into. But for the interest of time and just what our passions are, I'll start with you, Matt. What's one future bet that you absolutely love this year? What's something in the preseason you saw and you're like, whoa, I need to get all over this before the lines move? All right, well, I usually don't brag about this, but I was born and raised. Well, I just was actually, I wasn't <laughs> born. I wasn't born. I was raised in Iowa. I was born in Michigan. Wait, wait. You, I usually don't brag about this. No, I usually don't brag. I think this is actually the state. first time I've ever bragged about being from Iowa, but they have a pretty good squad this year. And I saw that they're over under seven and a half, right? Or at least it was earlier. I don't know if the odds have changed. But, um, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule, and I could see them winning at least 8-9. to nine. Um, They're returning a lot of players, and, and the Big Ten West is pretty weak. So, that, I'm saying uh, Iowa over 7.5 wins this year. I love that bet as well. I got on that about a month and a half ago when I started reading my Phil Still and Athlon and all those magazines. They get the host Wisconsin in late September. Mm. Nebraska still, it's not quite what they'll be in a year or two. So, we when you look yet, at that yeah. West division... They can win every game in the West. I can definitely see that happening. And then 
They only have in the east side, they out of the four main teams, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, they only play one of them. So they don't get to play the crux of that tough Big Ten East schedule. I look at Iowa, I looked at them, Matt, as like a nine, maybe ten win team. And the fact that the over under seven and a half, it's now up to minus 135. We were able to get it at plus 110 over a month ago. I love that as well. So I'm riding the Hawkeyes as well, the black and gold. I think that they're going to be very good. I have them preseason 12th overall. And the fact that that over-under didn't move up, just the odds moved up, I'm with Gothard. I think if you want to look for a really good value bet, that's a pretty strong one to start off with. And you get to root for a Kirk Ferentz team that they always beat somebody they're not supposed to. They're very boring to watch. The problem is, well, they're boring against bad teams. They're exciting against good teams. Just ask... (laughs) Just, just ask Mitch here what they did to Ohio State fun, last year. It was a fun Saturday. Yeah, they weren't born but, that day. Best thousand no, dollars I ever made. I, uh, yeah, congratulations. I, I like that bet as well. I think it's a good one. The only two things that worry me are Nebraska at the end of the year. I'd rather catch them early because you're not sure what Scott Frost has. I feel like they're going to catch on a little later. And it is that Kirk Ferentz conservative to a T. It's kind of how Trussell was at Ohio State yeah, where that it's wins. going to keep it close against really good teams. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a uh, an aching race. Like you're never gonna have games. You're not usually gonna have games where you know, all right, we got this one. It's gonna go down to the wire, probably in every game. But yeah, a good value bet for sure. Well, even in college football though, that wins more often than not. You look at it, you get that type of team. Oklahoma's been doing it a while. Obviously, Alabama does it better than anyone. Good defense, solid tackling. Iowa always has outstanding cornerback play, and then they can go three, four, five deep at running back. With that said, they do have a tricky game week one against Northern Illinois. And when you look at Iowa, it's the Northern Iowa, the Northern Illinois games. Those are the ones you need to worry about. They'll bring their A game when they play Michigan. Penn State last year lost on the final play. Ohio State, they blew them out. But the Iowa Hawkeyes, I think this year also they could be more exciting because Nate Stanley's probably one of the best 10 to 12 quarterbacks in all of college football. Iowa normally has a guy back there that's just asked not to make mistakes. Stanley's going to be asked to win the game plenty of times. And, you know, whenever you start breaking that down, he's a guy that they can probably rely on to go out there and win them a ball game rather than have to rely on the running backs. Kurt Ferentz, longest tenured coach in college football, too. So at least we know what their organizational culture is like. And a Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania native. Well, you mentioned it, you mentioned it <laughs> best. Like, if Iowa goes out and loses that Northern yeah. Illinois game right away, you know they'll beat Wisconsin at home. Exactly. Week, yes. So. If they lose to Northern Illinois week one, it's bet set. them on the money yep. line yep. late September because they are beating Wisconsin. So, Kent, what's your future bet of the college preseason? One or two that you're like, this is something I really believe in? I would say one that I really like, actually, is Vanderbilt under the four and a half wins. I just look at Vandy, and I don't see them winning – Maybe they'll win one SEC game. I think they're going to lose this week to Middle Tennessee State. Wow. And if they lose well, that game, yeah. Vanderbilt all of a sudden will have to win about three conference games in order to get that over. I think they're going to win three, maybe four games total. So if you want to bet against the team, bet against Vanderbilt. Take the under, and I feel really good about that one. Well, it, on the surface, it looks like a very strong, like, wow, they're not going to win. They're going to win four games or less, but Middle Tennessee, if you really believe that they're going to lose this week, you jump on the money now. The odds will plummet 
I think that's good. I think there's something there. I mean, we don't expect Tennessee to be the complete dumpster fire that they were last year. So that's going to be a tougher game know. this year. Never <laughs> well, they're probably going to at least you do win. Know. They'll probably win at least one SEC game. But Vanderbilt, maybe, maybe that's Vanderbilt game again. They're going to win the game that I just decide. Oh, Vanderbilt's for sure going to lose this yeah. game. I'm, I'm going to pound the other team. All right, I want to go over some conference odds that I thought stood out. Not your favorites to win each conference, but things that stood out to me. So everybody's writing in Alabama as the the favorite in the SEC. Now, this is also to win the playoff game, I should point out to you. Not a regular season, best record in conference. Win the playoff in your conference. Auburn's plus 1,000. Just to get to the playoffs? To win, no, to win the SEC. Okay. That's not, like, if they win that game, and remember, what happens with Washington this weekend does not have any relevance to that. Georgia's plus 250. Bama's minus 200 to win the SEC. If you go to the Big 12, which we mentioned was all wide open, West Virginia plus 700? Very good bet. Very good. Another Big Ten bet. What's that I, Texas? Where's Texas? Texas is looking? the same, about plus 700. I, Maybe a little better, but... I'd buy more into Texas than mm-hmm. I would West Virginia, though. But yes, with the Big 12 being so open, you should just take the next four teams not named Oklahoma. And just sprinkle And I it. would even throw yeah. TCU out. So you start looking at the Big 12. I could see one of about six teams end up winning that conference. I think Oklahoma's going to be a little bit down. So 700 at both West Virginia mm-hmm. and Texas... Throw 100 on each, and if one of them win it, you end up profiting 500 bucks. That's not that bad. How about this one, Matt, in the Big Ten, the one that stands out the most to me? Penn State plus 600. Wow. That's, I, don't know. I feel like Penn State's going to be down, though. But that's, I mean, that's value. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not a, we're not saying these are surefire confident bets, but 6-1 to one yeah. for a team that's got McSorley coming back for year three. Franklin is a good coach. It's going to come down to that Ohio State game. I mean, I just I stay away from that because when you think about it, the Big Ten East is just such a you just really you could beat Ohio State, lose to Michigan, Michigan State. Like there's so get many to that title. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. Yeah, it's going to be get I mean, to I'd the title it, game. I flip it back to what I said when we were talking about earlier. Like Iowa to win the Big Ten West at plus six fifty. Like that's, just keep it going. Yeah, win the whole Big Ten. I think or no, no Big Ten West. Oh, so all they have to do is beat uh, is to get to the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, Iowa's twenty five to one to win the conference. Twenty five to one, which is crazy. That is crazy. You get them in that game. I mean, and if they beat Wisconsin early, they Michigan State that game a couple years ago. I remember that. And yeah. again. If they beat Wisconsin early, that means they have to lose, unless there's a three-team tie, they have to lose two conference games in order for Wisconsin to get ahead of them. Penn State's a pretty good bet, though. Again, they're a team that I'd never root for, but I think they're going to win the East Division. I think they're going to get to Indianapolis. I think Wisconsin beats them in Indianapolis, but Trace McSorley's great. Miles Sanders should replace Saquon Barkley pretty well. They're, they should have by far the best offensive line that James Franklin's had his whole time there. And their defense is always top 20, top 30. Plus 600, I, I, I'm with you. I definitely don't want you to win that bet if that's what you made. But overall, they are my pick now. With all this Ohio State turmoil, the Nittany Lions would be my pick to win the East They division. have such a hard schedule, man. They have to play Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Michigan State. This is this is tough. This isn't like a walk Pitt, who they park. lost to two years ago. Right. That's not an easy road. Game. I mean, App- I know they're focusing on Appalachian State right now, but are they? Yeah, from what I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point that. to bring up, though. Too, it's not about who you root for. No. The object of the game is to make money, so you might have to put down right. bets on teams. On Saturdays, um, blue and gold with Notre Dame, green and orange with Miami, but ultimately green, green. is yeah, the biggest it. color that I want to happen on these days, and. 
if I have to go against one of the teams I cheer for at times, I try to avoid that. Or more importantly, bet a team like a Florida State or Penn State that I really don't like. I've been known to do that a couple times. Well, it kind of is an interesting uh, topic about how you're talking about, you know, don't just bet on teams you like. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about this a little bit earlier of like, you don't really bet for entertainment if you're going to win. Like, it, we, you know, we've talked about this as it's actually an investment. And, you know, you kind of pointed out that Notre Dame game, uh, Notre Dame-Michigan under, that mm-hmm. you were saying that looks good to you. Oh, and, of course. You know, you got to look for those in week one where, like, the rest of the public's pumping, you know, overs and... Yeah, that's the other thing, too. It's unders are not a fun bet to make. They're it's uncomfortable. It's never fun to bet an under. But when you look at some of the over-unders this week, Notre Dame-Michigan is one. I could see... It's funny, like, the big three games this week, Miami-LSU, Notre Dame-Michigan, Auburn-Washington... I think the Notre Dame one's gone down to 47 now, but when they all opened officially this week, they all were at 48. And I looked at all three of those and thought, they're probably going under. Miami LSU, probably in the low 40s. Notre Dame, Michigan, somewhere in the low to mid 40s. And then Washington, Auburn. It's how that game starts out. Yeah, if if it starts out the way we think it will, with how the defenses play, then yeah, an under looks like a safe bet. Oh, and there's a few overs that we'll be discussing later. I know I texted you guys. I've already done a three-team teaser all involving over-unders. There's a few overs I really like, for sure. (laughs) All right, there is one other conference I want to discuss future odds with, maybe the one I'm most excited with, and that's the Pac-12. Because I think like anything is possible, given the fact that Washington is at the top, but we've seen this conference have turmoil. One of my favorite bets of the offseason that I think I like more than any in ter- terms of future, I like Stanford plus 600. I'm on board with it. the Cardinal. This has all the feels of a Stanford 2-loss Pac-12 conference champ. Yep, yep. I trust David Shaw. I trust that team. Their defense is bad, and that's the thing. I don't know if their defense is good enough for them. With that schedule, Stanford in the first month of the season plays San Diego State, yeah. USC. San Diego State's not as good as they were last but year. But still, they're a physical team that will wear you down. Then they have USC week two, and then they have some nobody. And then their last two games in September are Oregon and Notre Dame. They play all four of those teams right. in the first month. If they're better, and I'll say this right now, I'll make a little side bet with you. The best case, <laughs> best case they're going to be 4-1, and one, I would actually bet you right now, if we just set the over-under at three and a half, I'm taking the under. I think they'll probably three and two at best in those five games. And then that means they have to run the table the rest of the way and beat Washington and probably beat SC again. But Notre They're Dame not does not matter in this scenario. Remember, just to win the Pac-12. But so it does for the... It's well, also not automatic. Yeah, I'm talking, to, I'm talking to win the Pac-12. True. So, but, but just in general, yeah. I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel pretty good. I think Oregon would maybe be a more likely team to come up and do it than Stanford would, and especially when you talk playoffs, because that's the one thing you brought up. They Oregon can win the Pac-12. Too. Oregon's plus 800. So. Yeah. Oregon might be the better. And a quarterback might too. be the best one in the, maybe even the best one in the country, depending on Could be. I at. was at the bowl game last year in Vegas when they played Boise. Oh, yeah. And they got. I was really happy they, with that they result. They got owned in that game. <laughs> I was very happy with that result. They were owned. Boise State whipped them. By the way, um, I'm glad you brought up San Diego State because it's a it's still a sore wound based on last year on your podcast yeah, the last you said time. you made a best bet every week. The one time, Ken's like, oh, I'm on a four-game winning streak with these best bets. And on my podcast, he's like, yeah, take San Diego State over Boise. They're a touchdown favorite. They're good. They're they got destroyed. Oh, it wasn't close. <laughs> it yeah. was not close. It was uh, also the last time our good friend Sean Sullivan, I think, wore the Kawhi Leonard jersey. Oh, 
There you go. So that was. I thought uh, you were going to say the last time that we saw Sully even remotely be pumped up for a Tennessee game because it got it got pretty dark by the end of last. And he season. thought eight and four was best case scenario, like preseason. His right. expectations were lower than ever, and it undershot them. You know it's bad when Tennessee opened the season and they bring a trash can out on the sidelines, and their thing was, you know how Miami had the turnover chain? Remember they had the turnover trash can that when they forced the turnover, they threw it in a rubber trash can that had Team 126 written on it. And at that point, you're like, yeah, this... Butch Jones. He's, I just thought that he's was not Butch, making it. I back. just thought that was Butch Jones. Like I didn't he think that was the trash. They should have thrown him in that trash can. Uh, all right, I think we're ready to talk about Week One. Some of these games this week. Let's do it. So, it's very exciting because every year we gear up for Week One, and college football schedule makers teams have been doing a better job at giving us games that we can actually watch. There are always teams that are going to play cupcakes Week One. That's part of how this college football schedule is made. But we got some really big games. All through the weekend, we're recording this on Thursday. Thursday's a little appetizer, some ranked teams playing. Friday, it heats up a little bit. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, there's big games every day. Kent, what's the game you're looking the most forward to from a betting standpoint that just got you going? You know which game I'm very intrigued with that kind of stands out in some ways is this Oklahoma FAU game, which oh, yeah. is Saturday morning for us. Yes, sir. 11 a.m. Central when it kicks off in Norman, noon Eastern. Because you have an Oklahoma offense that's now replacing Baker Mayfield, but they have so many weapons. Rodney Anderson, their home run hitting running backs back. They believe in Kyler Murray at quarterback. And then on the other side, you have Motor Singletary, who had 30-plus touchdowns and almost 2,000 yards rushing last year for FAU. Charlie Weiss Jr. is 25 years old. He's calling the plays. Youngest offensive coordinator in all of college football with Lane Kiffin. This game sets up so well for me in that when you look at this game, It starts off early, so you're setting the tone Uh early in the day. You can kind of already know where you see, and you look at this one, and the over-under, 70.5. I've seen it move to about 72, even so. Like, even so. Yeah, I got it when it was around 70 or 70.5. What's a scenario where there's not a lot of points in this game? That's my question. That's the thing. If FAU is going to be remotely close, they're going to have to score at least 40. And play fast. At least 40. The other question is, how many times Oklahoma, let's just say, argument's sake, they get six possessions in the first half? They're probably scoring points in five of those six, right? So if they put up, let's say, four touchdowns and a field goal, they're already at 31. FAU's going to put up at least 14. You're all the way up to 45. That means you just need 25, roughly, four touchdowns in the second half. I feel pretty good that this is going to go over, and it's going to be like 55 to 37 or something like that. I just there, there's something about over unders for me in the first week that is just a killer, man. I, anytime I bet the over, I just stuck watching two offenses that can't pick up a first, and I don't know. I just I gotta wait a little bit to start when I before I start doing the points. Okay, well I would say though that as Kent alluded to, this is probably as safe as you're gonna get. Like if you lose this game, you're just you're screwed. Like there's just no rhyme or reason. It's just bad luck. It's just a terrible way to lose. It's true. There's no metric. You can look at it from a lot of different perspectives. I don't know a metric out there that's going to tell you that this will be anywhere near defensively. You have Oklahoma, the way they play, the way Lincoln Riley has ran his offense. Kyler Murray played a little bit last year, and he put up points when he was filling in for Baker Mayfield. And you know FAU, the way they play is going to be fast with Weiss Jr. And then the other one is later in the day, you have number one Alabama against Louisville. I love that one. That one was right around 60 and a half whenever I got it. I did a three-team. I'll just put this out there right now. About a week or so ago, in fact, I texted you guys last Sunday. Parlay or uh, three-team teaser. teaser. I did okay. a seven-point teaser. 
FAU Oklahoma. This is when it was at 68. I got over 61. That's gonna hit, right? Come on. Here, okay, it's that's the ba- oh wait, that's what you got over for over 61. Oklahoma, yeah. Michigan Notre Dame under 55, and then Bama Louisville over 53 and a half. That one sits at 60 and a half. Louisville has Jawan Pass, who's a good, by all accounts, was a high-end blue-chip prospect that can pass the ball. Jalen Smith was one of the best receivers in the ACC last year. They return a ton. Alabama has to replace five of their top six defensive backs off last year's team. And they might be rotating in a couple quarterbacks, which means late in the game, when Jalen Hurts is in or Tua is in, they're going to want to keep scoring because they want to win that job. I could see that going way over. And that's one when it comes to over-unders. I feel pretty good that Bama-Louisville goes over. The Bama over-under, as someone that's gotten burned before a couple years ago when they played USC in the game Max Brown started, like, you think there's there's no way that this game's going to go over, and Bama hit the over by themselves. Yeah. So there's always that possibility that Bama just steamrolls Louisville and just scores 50 points. And this should be, and I'm, I, I might be going a bit hyperbolic on this one, this should be the best offense that Nick Saban's ever had at Alabama. I think that's... It really should be. It should be definitely could be yeah it's right there it's in the ballpark for sure I think this quarterback situation is fascinating though oh they well they, they both are really good so <laughs> a lot of teams would love to have either yeah. one of us I uh speaking of this game you know since we're already on it I was thinking about just taking Alabama minus 24 and a half because you know Alabama just has a history of blowing out good teams in the first week and kind of just embarrassing them like I don't really remember the last time it was that close I think there was a Virginia Tech game a while back where it was 11 points or something I yeah it, it's usually in the middle it's usually in the first couple weeks like weeks three or four where they get to that will they cover the spread I remember yep. when Lane Kiffin was on the sideline against Western Kentucky and he was still calling pass plays when I think the spread was the only thing worth worth competing for. for yeah Bama is another one where I think yeah I, I like the over and I like Bama to cover I do think that Louisville can score points but this is to me Nick Saban coming out rolling and both quarterbacks, like you said, Kent, trying to compete for the job. Yeah, when there's seven well, minutes left in this game, they might be up 30, but they're going to want to keep, you know, if, it, if J- Jalen's in, and this is only his fourth series of the game, Jalen Hurts, he's going to look over and say, okay, now it's my time to shine. Whether he's in with the second unit or not, he's going to want to score those touchdowns. And Bama's not going to not let him score touchdowns. Yeah, this could be one where you see both quarterbacks out there saying, like, every time I'm in, this is a do-or-die drive because I ultimately want – I mean, look at this. Tua replaced Jalen Hurts in the national championship game last year. And won it. <laughs> wins them the title. And yet, you look at both of these guys, and they're like, if I'm their guy, I'm going to win the title. There's like no other situation you've ever seen that's like this, where the quarterback goes in going, I'm one of these pieces, but if I win this job, I'm probably winning the national title. And the other guy goes, yeah, but I'm the better one. They're Maybe both going to be competing. Different for than Ohio State a couple years ago? Or similar. Well, that yeah, that's pretty similar. similar. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But overall, I think that when you look at Cardell Jones, as good as he might have been, he only did it for a few games, and I don't think he had quite. He definitely didn't come with the hype that Tua did. Tua did. Yeah. No, exactly. He was a third string quarterback for a reason that year. But that should be a really fun kind of not under the radar game, but that should be fun. Usually Alabama blows out these teams. I saw a stat earlier, and Matt, it, it was to your point about just like them opening up and beating the hell out of teams week one. I think 
in the last six games where they've played against a team where it was a first-time starting quarterback, <laughs> Bama's won on average of those games by about 35 points a game. You know, it's yeah. almost as a sure thing as saving against his former assistants. That's exactly. probably the only safer bet. Oh, they dominate teams like this. Both yeah. of Bama's quarterbacks might outpass Louisville, I feel like. I mean, from watching them last year, they couldn't stop anybody. I don't know how they're going to stop Alabama on one drive. I don't see it either. And Brian Van Gorder is our defensive coordinator. He was Notre Dame's D coordinator a couple years ago. He got fired because he couldn't stop Duke. He got fired that Duke game. Yeah, I was out at UCLA tailgating, figuring, eh, I can get away with Notre Dame-Duke. I'm watching it on my phone, panicking late in the game, and I'm just like, Cutcliffe's offense. This sucks. His D is not going to be prepared for Bama. Notre Dame, that game, though, against Michigan, I saw it open at about Michigan, just a point or two favorite, and it's about down to a pick'em. This is a fascinating one too, because teams with playoff aspirations—I won't go as far as to say potential—but Michigan. I mean, you got to figure you lose this game if you're either team. It's going to be a huge dent in whatever you're trying to accomplish long term. These year. are two teams that Matt loves. I've never <laughs> cheered for Notre Dame before. It's going to be fun. Oh, oh is, this, is this? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I've cheered for them plenty of times, and usually it's not that fun. No, it's not. <laughs> More often than not, I feel like I'm like, why couldn't I have just been a fan of another team? No, but on a What's real note, I really do think Michigan's going to have a good year this year. I just, I feel like Harbaugh has had a couple really rough goes about it. I think Shea Patterson could be, maybe not, but I, I just the hype I is real with feeling. him. The what hype is real. What do you guys think in this game? Because I'm going to break this down yeah. in a few minutes, but Mitch. What do you? Who do you think wins, and how do you see this going? Because it does look to be pretty evenly matched overall. Very evenly matched. I like Notre Dame to win this game. I'm not. I'm still the Michigan offense to me. I haven't seen it. I'm gonna have to see it. I don't. I don't think that Patterson having to compete for the job. If he was as good as people think he is, it should have been like early in camp. All right, this is the guy. I think Notre Dame is going to be much improved. I think they had to shore up some mistakes they made last year. And the last couple of years, you've seen them lose a lot of games where they were right there. But then beat a team like Miami or beat a team or two years ago when they beat Miami when they had really no business doing it. So I think they're going to win this game under the lights at Notre Dame. And to be completely honest, I don't trust Harbaugh in a big game just yet. Hey, man, I, that's fine with me. I, I would love it if Notre Dame beat them. But I just for some reason... I feel like that this. Oh, by the way, I'm not betting on this game. Yeah, I do think it's a coin flip. I'm not betting on it either, unless I take that under. But it's going down. It's keep going down, though. I do you, was, do you I was think thinking it was going to go up? Because as an ND fan, over unders, but honestly, as an ND fan, do you think you're going to win this game? Okay, so here's my breakdown of this. I do think it's pretty evenly matched. The one advantage that I see Notre Dame having pretty well advantage is their defensive front against Michigan's offensive line. Michigan's O-line's not very good. No. Last year you saw whether it was Brandon Peters back there or Wilton Spade or whoever, the quarterbacks were getting hit early and often. That game that Shea's Michigan, not that mobile. The game that Michigan State beat them, Michigan State kind of realized about halfway through. Let's just ugly this game up. Yeah, and we we'll can be just fine. pressure the quarterback yeah. and he will not be able to make plays downfield. Tariq Black, their top receiver, just broke his foot last weekend. He's out. I can see Notre Dame. This should be the best set of edge rushers they've had since 2012 when they went undefeated and lost the title game. Mm-hmm. Defensively, both teams are great. Michigan has four or five all-American yeah. caliber guys. Offensively, both quarterbacks are question marks. Shea Patterson, he was good at Ole Miss at times, but against good teams. When he played top 25 that was teams... was Cardell Jones-like. It was very quick and short, and everyone's kind of been hyping it up more. I think he can be good. 
But you're right. When he played good teams, he had almost two interceptions a game when he played those teams. If he, he showed up and killed game. Vanderbilt one of those weeks, everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's amazing." When Kelly was down, and it yeah. was, like, you know, I think overall Notre Dame will have the slight advantage on the line going against Michigan's offense. Michigan's defensive front is great, and I am interested with both McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson off to the NFL. How Notre Dame's new, new starters do because they have a new left tackle and they now have a new right tackle. Those guys. Didn't play a lot last year. I feel like this is going to be low scoring. Probably a big special teams play will help. Turnovers, which Shea Patterson has shown that ability. Brandon Woodbush doesn't seemingly turn the ball over much. The one issue I have though, Matt, Notre Dame's running backs that will play in this game, none of them have any experience. In fact, the second and third string running backs heading into this game, one was a wide receiver in the spring, became a running back in the fall camp, and the other one was a quarterback who became a running back. So there's major question marks at running back right now for Notre Dame. So I think this is going to be like a 21-17, 21-20 type of win. Very close. I'll think Notre Dame will win because I think they'll make less mistakes. And I also really like the advantage. The one way you beat Michigan, and you've seen this with Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan State and then Wisconsin over the years, attack them down the middle. Devin Bush, yeah. as good as he is. Devin uh-huh. Bush is one of the best linebackers in all of college football. He's like 5'11", 210 pounds. Notre Dame, they have three they can tight get pushed ends. pushed around, yeah. Well, they have three tight ends that are 6'5", 6'6", 250, 260. You send those guys over the middle against Bush, I think they can find some weaknesses in coverage there. I'll say a very close, narrow okay. under for Notre Dame with the win. Okay. So you're both taking Notre Dame? I'm, I am. I'm going to go ahead just because... I, I don't know. I have a bad feeling, guys. I'm telling you, I have a bad feeling. I think that Michigan wins by 10 or more. Wow. I, I think it could be Michigan 20. Well, with turnovers, you never know. I mean, that's 10. how it goes. I do think playing at we'll Notre Dame will help. We'll see next week. Man, if that happens, I'll be so disappointed. I will be too. And the countdown for – I mean, look, look can we say that whoever loses this game, there's going to be some real heat on that coaching circle. Do you think uh, Harbaugh could ever have heat? No. I don't think so. There really won't be for either team. At this I point, Kelly I, has shown more than enough. You think so, though? Oh, yeah. And who yeah. is Michigan gonna get? Right. What's the next move there? Yeah. You know, no. I, I mean, I'm not. I think the fan base is starting to be like, okay, it's about John time. Let's win. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wrong Harbaugh. But the good thing is, I don't know though. I mean, Kelly is his record since that. Basically, you've seen the stat where if you take the 12 and 0 season out, it is losing about three well, or four games a year. You can't take the 12 season out. That was a yeah, pretty important I year. I know. We got some breaks that year, but that it was a good year. Game was close too. That it was. was good. <laughs> oh, I was there. Yeah, yeah. That was. I just. Kelly's a good coach, but it I've talked been. about this on other podcasts before, but the saddest meal I've ever had in my life <laughs> is halftime at that Notre Dame Alabama title yeah. game. I go into we're like sitting in like the kind of the club level. My sister in law got like amazing. She was on the Orange Bowl committee, so it was like a birthday slash Christmas gift. Like, hey Kent, here you go. Ticket, tailgated all day, was feeling good. I watched Alabama that first quarter right in the end zone I was sitting in. Rush for a touchdown. Rush for a touchdown. I get a meal at halftime. I get chicken strips with French fries and honey mustard. I'm sitting there just disgusted. This guy comes across, sits right where you are, Mitch. Same exact meal. He just looks at me and goes, this sucks, man. And I go, yeah. You think? I took one bite of the chicken strips, just left it there, and just started walking around the concourse. Because I was just like, it's over. There's 30 minutes left in the title (laughs) game. This is the only time I've ever seen Notre Dame get there. And it's over. Like, it's finished. That sucks. It's kind of similar to Michigan yeah, State, say, Alabama, you're not, real, you're not a real college football team unless Alabama <laughs> spanks you in a BCS game and, right. and it just destroys your hopes. I mean, to go off that point super quick, if 
But I remember watching Michigan State play against Alabama lose 42 to nothing. Next day, I go to the Rose Bowl with my brother to go watch Iowa play Stanford. And at oh, wow. At halftime, it's 42 nothing, and he leans over to me and goes, I know you know how this feels, but we are now in uncharted territory. And it was the worst. That game was over football. on the first play from scrimmage oh, yeah. when McCaffrey went oh. to the house. And we were in the end zone that he ran it into, so it was, uh, it was great. A lot of good money spent. Well, there's one more game that we have to talk about. That's Auburn-Washington, and that's my favorite game of the weekend. Only top 10 matchup. Only top 10 matchup. I'll start with this, Kent, because we were talking about this before we started. Must win for playoff implications for Washington. We know Auburn, there's a path there with the teams they'd have to go through to win the SEC. Does Washington need this one? Probably. Well, here's the thing. Technically, no, because when you look at it, if they went 12-1 and and they started beating some good teams along the way, they might still sneak in. But the issue yeah. is, if they win this game, then they could absolutely lose one in the Pac-10, yeah. or Pac-12, I should say. And as long as they win the conference, they would still get there. So if it's going to be one of these two who needs this more, it is Washington. But I wouldn't definitively say they need it, but they're more likely to have to need it because Auburn, as you said, they get Georgia, they get Alabama. Those two wins alone would put them in. If, I mean, look at last year. They almost got in with two losses. Washington, on the other hand, they were pretty fortunate two years ago to get in, and they won the conference with one loss. Mm-hmm. If they beat Auburn, they do have a little bit more room for error. I, uh, I really like Auburn in this game. That's where I'm at. I don't know what you guys think, but no. no, no. Well, I'm on Auburn, man. Do you I, think there's a world that if Auburn wins this game and then loses to Alabama and doesn't get to the – SEC title game and then Georgia somehow They get wins. Georgia regular season though, in, right? So they, they if in. they beat Georgia if they beat Georgia So you're saying lose, if they're 11 and like, 1 Like they somehow do get be the 4 seed if they win this yes, game? Oh yeah. Yes, if they beat Georgia regular season lose to Bama win this game They're in. I think they're in. Yeah, they would be the They do what player. Alabama did last year. They just don't go to the conference champ. They might even be what Oklahoma or Georgia was yeah. last year and be the 3 seed. That, that would be a really good resume. And that's assuming then Alabama is your 13-0 number one right, seed. Right. Or so Yeah, in that case, they would be in. It would be funny if that happens and they're the four and Bama's the one and you get an Iron Bowl rematch. That would be a lot of fun. I don't, that would be awesome. That this is what I think the committee though, right? just is like, oh, well, true. Th- that's what I think the committee is just like, oh, I don't know that we want to, like seeding numbers don't mean anything. Like you guys are in, but we don't want to have Bama and, and Auburn play again. So Auburn then would just become the three seed. Just first. because they don't want that matchup. It's like, happen. hey, Wisconsin, yeah. you won the Big Ten. Guess Good what your prize is? Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> You'll lose 35 to 13. We got to have one of these playoff games be a snowy, like, just, just to let these Pac-12 or SEC teams... Well, that's why I think... Play. And I don't want it to go to eight. I love four. But if it goes to eight, I'm with you, you better too. give the four teams home field the first round. And it would be great if you That'd see awesome. a Ohio State, Michigan State... USC State, has Notre to come Dame. out to yeah, you, Or you get like the Florida Gators coming up north and they're playing against the Michigan State Spartans. And it's like, okay, advantage north team in this one. Yeah. That would be the only way I could somewhat see that. I remember I announced for our student radio station... Years ago, it was Miami against Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl and went there to El Paso. And it was snowing the night before, so they had to clear snow off like three hours before the game. We're setting up our booth and everything. Notre Dame has like 60 of their players out in the field with cutoff shirts. Uh They're loving it. Miami had one guy out there, everyone else in the (laughs) locker room. And we looked at each other and we're like, "Um, Notre Dame's going to, they're going to kill them. And they did. They blew out Miami in that game because you get some of these kids in the South. They never see snow, let alone play in it. And you're right, they can't simulate it at all. 
it becomes a huge disadvantage if you get a team from Texas or Florida or California or Georgia and they have to go up to Ohio or Indiana or Pennsylvania or Michigan. We're all from an area. You're from Ohio. Mm -hmm. I'm from Pennsylvania. You're from Iowa. There's some rough, rough winters up there. Absolutely. And you just adjust to it where if you're from out here, the worst day you have, it's like 54 degrees and you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. Yeah. So, yes, it's a different ball game. And that's why you almost never see a Southern team go north. There is an exception like this year, Florida State, mid-November, actually November 10th, I believe. They go up at Notre Dame oh, in oh. mid-November this year. You're not going to see that much. But generally, there's that weird ACC scheduling where they have to fit those teams in. Yeah. But generally, you're not going to see any teams from the south go north past October. doesn't oh. happen. So Kent's on Washington this in this game. Yeah, confidently. So I think by seven. I think wow. I think they win I, by a touchdown. I like best Aubrey. secondary in the country. Really good D line. The offensive line will be better, and they have an All Pac-12 quarterback and running back. I don't know. I don't really see any weaknesses. Their biggest weakness is probably the lack of production out of their receivers because look who they lost the last couple years. They lost Pettis, John Ross Pettis two years ago, too, Pettis yeah. last year. But Chris Peterson, he brings guys up, and you get value out of your receivers. I think Washington wins, not easily, but I'm going to say they win by a touchdown. You think going into Atlanta is going to make a difference? Okay, Auburn's last two games. I know, but in okay. In that stadium, right, right. they lost both. Central Florida game, I don't really take much heat in that. Because I do, it matters they didn't want to be. They did not want to be there. That's how okay, I look well, at it. Well, it meant a lot more to one well, team than the other. Well, that's not a good sign for the team if you don't ever want to not be there for a game. Right. I, I bet they're going to want to be there for this one, though. I think so. Start yeah. of the season, national championship. So you're calling Auburn. I'm saying Auburn because I think there's. I think that they're gonna something's going to happen. I think Washington might have some injuries that might open up the Pac-12. I'm just also season. not really high on Browning. I think he's kind of plateaued, and I'm not. And I also think Peterson's kind of ready for that next wave of uh, – Who's the quarterback he signed recently? Well, they just what's it called? Eason transfer. Eason transfer. But they in. they signed somebody that I think. Is oh, they have, they're loaded. Team. They so they're, signed they're, two they're, four-star yeah. quarterbacks yeah. last year. Plus Eason's back. So I like this though. Right now, in the two biggest games, we disagreed, which we is have. good. I like. I don't want us no, agreeing exactly. on every game. I think Auburn's run game too. I know they lost Carryon Johnson, but they had some backs. I think they'll be able to. I, I like their line advantage too. Which defense though do you believe in more? For me, it's definitely Washington. I, believe, you know, I think Washington has a slightly better defense, but I'm not going to say definitely. I mean, Washington's the only Pac-12 defense that I probably respect at all. So it's hard to compare yeah. that to an SEC team, but I still don't I don't think that they're set up to uh, to last an entire game with them. So we'll see. Wow. Stidham, we'll see we what he has left. Some, some, I know. Some We're going to have to. We'll be getting some side bets in, yeah. Before we go to our last topic, I just want to throw out Heisman odds because we didn't talk about that earlier. As of right now, on a lot of sites, the leader in the clubhouse is Tua, which is kind of crazy that he might not even be the full-time starter. He is plus 700. Very wide open year this year. You have Bryce Love at plus 750. Downgrade him. Taylor is about plus 800, a, a, a big sleeper there. Um, my boy out of Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins at plus 2,000. Kyler uh, Murray, plus 2,000 as well. See, I, think I think that's a value bet because he's going to put up numbers. In terms of sleepers, I see J.K. Dobbins... 28 to 1. I love that. Wow. You can and get then, him there. <laughs> and then AJ Dillon from Boston College at plus 4,000. This is a BC team that might start off 5 or 6 and 0. Oh. They host Miami about midseason. They're going to give him like 35 carries a game. He was maybe outside of Jonathan Taylor, the best freshman running back in the country last year. I love what AJ Dillon can do at BC at 40 to 1. But yeah, Dobbins at so, 28 yeah. to 1. So you're downgrading love. Well, here's why. Last yeah. year, I thought he could. 
I thought he, I don't want to say should have, but he was neck and neck for me with Baker winning the Heisman. And I will say, if we're going to give another Heisman category, it should be how they affect the spread. Because they were 17-point <laughs> favorites going into that Oregon State game. An hour before kickoff, he's out. They took that off the board, and, and Stanford won by one oh, point. Oh, they won by one, that's right. That's a, I, I look for that in the Heisman candidate. I remember if I fell asleep the during the end of that game. I don't even, because it was a good game. The reason I'm more down on Bryce Love is, I think they'll pass the ball more this year. They have a really well-balanced offense, great tight ends, great receivers. Quarterback play will be better. And again, defensively, I don't think they're as good. Where like when you have the lead and you're yeah. up 10, up 14, you keep running the football, they're probably going to be down 10 points going into the fourth quarter sure. a couple times this year. And if that happens, you can't run the football every play. And also, we've seen this in the past. Look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey, peaked the next year, he was the overwhelming favorite, and he didn't live up to those standards. And we see it every year where you're this Heisman front runner going into the year, and you have one or two quote-unquote down games. People then start throwing you off their board. They start talking crap about it's you. Fatigue a little and bit. I could see that happening with yeah. Bryce Love. He'll still be one of the five most productive running backs in the country, but if you're going to compare him to Jonathan Taylor, I think Taylor will have a much better season. And then Tua, assuming he becomes the full-time guy, He's going to put up ridiculous numbers. So it is weird he's kind of the favorite in many circles, but I could definitely see him winning the Heisman. What's Jalen Hurts' odds? Way, way, way down there. So that might be something worth looking at. I mean, Maybe, never yeah. know. I mean granted, we've already seen him. And all, of a sudden, that all of a sudden, Tua gets shivved yeah, uh, the night before know. the opener, oh. and Jalen Hurts is out there like, I don't know what happened to him. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, no, no, we're not condoning any pit potential shivings but hey well maybe you're not maybe maybe not all right matt hey matt and i are different kinds of gamblers there's yeah, times anything where anything to win a bet anything hey, to win a bet we've all said that yeah how do you think some of these bets get earned that's yeah, all i'm saying it's true i was always wondering we know some guys i was always we'll talking about this off the right <laughs> last thing i want to go over actually one of the one of the last two things is there anything out there that you're looking at that's a deep dive degenerate special a line on a game that maybe most people won't be watching unless they're having a little action. Well, so for week one, to be completely honest with you, a lot of my money is going to be on uh, Alabama. I think that's kind of where that's okay. going to be going. But that can give you a little bit of a degenerate story yeah. if that's what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, let's go. So today's Thursday, and on Monday, my brother, uh, he texts me and he goes, Oakland is for sure winning, put money on it now before the line changes. We're so, talking baseball. Well, I didn't know we were talking baseball. So I'm currently on the Raiders tonight, <laughs> minus three. And I preseason. preseason. In the game where not the, the stars won't None play. None of the stars are going to play. I love Connor Cook, but I don't love him this much. Wow. And, and the Seahawks Cook just got to the Brett end. Hundley. So now the, the line Connor is switched. Cook fan to the end. So, By the way, did Oakland win that day? Uh, yes, the okay. A's won. And my brother texted me and goes, did you get on the A's? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm on the Raiders oh, for funny. Thursday. So tonight, you know, whenever you're listening to this, you'll know if I'm happy. Wow. Or you know what, though? That did show just how much more football values than baseball. Yes. Where you see that bet and you instantly go, oh, preseason football. Raiders? Yeah, that must be what he's Not talking about. Not the red-hot Oakland A's. Exactly. Not the I'll Oakland A's that are potentially going to win their division I'll and say beat the defending World Series champion Astros. <laughs> I'll say my deep dive is I like Maryland first half against Texas plus seven Ooh. at home. Some Texas, you know, Tom Herman's been in the news. He's been having some fun at adult establishments. Well, that was years ago. I know. I mean, just you know, it's just kind of white People noise. Change. Yeah, <laughs> six hundred dollars isn't isn't much. Um, Actually, but, depending on where you're at, it might not. Be. No, that's why. Yeah, but come on. Uh, I think Maryland keeps it close in the first half at home. They won last year in that game, so I like that one. Anything stand out for you, Kent? Yeah, I'm going to start off with a real deep dive here. 
The Troy Trojans. Wow. Plus <laughs> 10. Weird. First of all, I love the plus 10, but if you want to take a money line... And, and just reiterate who they're playing. They're playing Boise State. Okay. They're at home. So they're Boise State's traveling in Detroit, Alabama. That's not a place a lot of power, you know, top 25 teams travel to. This is the Troy team last year that won double-digit games. They beat LSU in the Bayou. Two years ago, they were stopped short on a third and goal from, like, the two in which Clemson returned for a touchdown. If Troy scores there... They take the lead in the fourth quarter against Clemson. Clemson went on to win the national title that year. They're a really good program. Neil Brown's probably going to be a Power 5 coach sooner rather than later. And it's plus 300 on the money line. So you get them at 3-1 to one <laughs> on this money line. So I'm, I'm about Troy. When it, comes, when it comes to this game, ride the Troy Trojans. This is your classic points versus money is, line. Is that game on ESPN Plus? Or ESPN point? News. Oh, okay. ESPN. <laughs> ESPN News at I think 6 o'clock Eastern. I'm trying so, to think of how much you it's have a webcam. to pay it's, it's a webcam. They're going to have If you have money on it, you, you don't, I don't have to pay you anything. The classic points versus the spread. And then, and then my other one would be Ohio State first half line against Oregon State. Oregon wow. State was awful. Last 24, year. right? 24. Wow. Ohio State might score close to 40 by the half. And what is Oregon State scoring? Maybe seven, maybe three. I can see Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins and J.K. Dobbins and Weber and Paris Campbell and all those guys. Plus, frankly, they have something to prove. Now, we're not going to discuss any of their off the field stuff. Day's got something month, to prove first, but, getting some head coaching experience. Well, right. Ryan Day wants to show what he's made of. 24 points does not seem like an insane amount for a first no. half line, knowing how bad Oregon State is. This could be one, and frankly, by the end of the first quarter, they're probably going to be up 21, uh-huh. and then we're all going to look back, or you guys might look back <laughs> and go, yeah, we probably should have bet that. So Ohio State minus okay. 24 first half, and then Troy either take the plus 10 or bet the money line at plus 300 <laughs> over Boise State. But please don't encourage people to bet the money line. <laughs> Why? No. Why? Dude, that's where you get value. That's where you get value, Mitch. No, I get it. I know that's where you get value, but we're, we're the classic... Troy will win this game. Troy will lose this game by like three. Okay, well then you should have bet the ten and the money line. <laughs> you don't have to only take one; okay. bet both. Really quick on your point here. Um, every week this year, I'm going to put a hundred dollars against Ohio State. I don't want to see how much money I make because no, for no particular reason other than nope. the fact that I'm not an Ohio State not a huge fan. Mitch, Ohio State okay. fan or Urban Meyer fan. So a hundred dollars this week is going on in plus thirty eight and a half. Oh, let's just track it throughout plus, the year. So yeah. let's see how I do. Okay. Very I did good. talk to a. Vegas line maker earlier this week, Chris Andrews over at the South Point, and he said one of his heaviest betters last week put thirty grand on Ohio State minus thirty eight. So there wow. are some heavy hitters That'd believing be in the Buckeyes. <laughs> so <laughs> stressful. And then another guy apparently did that one, and then he also doubled down and bet another line that was like thirty plus points. So some guy went all in for like favorites that have to cover like seventy five points worth of. Uh, Wins. Uh, we'll see, man. Now we all got to agree on one. We right? do. That's yeah. the yeah, last, very last thing. One pick. What do we think? What do we like the most? Can we talk you into the over what in Oklahoma the, FAU or the Louisville Alabama over? What about that? If you think if you think Alabama's going to blow Louisville's them out, I don't think going to score a point though. That's see, we got doubt. We got to be. We okay, got to be okay. sure. I'll, I'll I'll hear you out on the Oklahoma over. Is okay? that what we're? Is that your most passionate count? Let me. Well, I don't know. FAU Oklahoma overs. Yeah, I would say that that's also a fun one to make a bet on, too. It's, what, 72 right now? Yeah. So let's think about this. Oklahoma almost definitely, at worst case, is scoring, what, about 40, 45 at the minimum? 
So that means if this happens, we would need a good roughly 25 to 28 from FAU. I don't know. I'd go back and forth between this one and the Louisville, Oklahoma over. But I say let's ride the Oklahoma FAU over because you have two teams that need to win games based on scoring. It's week one. So a lot of times everything gets thrown away in terms of how good tackling. Okay. I mean, look at Oklahoma. They don't tackle well in November. Why should they tackle well in September against a team that runs the ball and passes the ball well? And 72 points, it might, you might already be up in the If Oklahoma gets in the – Oklahoma can get 49 points, we think, on this team, no question. Oh, I feel pretty good about that. So then you're looking at it from the other side, 24 from FAU. I'm experiencing that same doubt I had earlier when we were talking about this. Well, <laughs> hey, this is a tough week. It's week one. That's We're going to lock that one well, in. Are there any it's just – We're, we're locking it in. Or are there can't any find others? anything else. No, I, mean, I like it. I mean, the only thing I would say what is What about Alabama, we, though? Matt brought up good points about Alabama. We But we're kind of – yeah. I'd rather take Bama, but I mean – I'm kind of an FAU Oklahoma one just because I have questions about Louisville. We just go Troy plus 10. I will not watch a Troy football game this season. What do you have? I won't do it. He's like, I hate Ohio State and I don't watch Troy. Okay. Yeah. It's very two platforms. Two, yeah. on Michigan. Did you get beat up by a guy named Troy when you were young? Is that where we were? Okay. I thought so. I thought so. All right. All right. All right. So Bama, or not Bama, sorry. It's the same reason I don't Oklahoma, watch Arizona. FAU minus set, or over under 72. All right. We're locked in. Guys, this was a fun first episode. Really accomplished a lot. Showed me a lot about all of us, so that's good. And uh, yeah, did we'll it? see. It did. it did. This is eye opening, uh, eye opening. But appreciate you guys coming on. This was the first of. Uh, we're gonna remember. We're gonna do this every episode, every week. There'll be an episode during the college football season. This was a run for your money. Thanks so much. Go Sooners, go Owls. Boom.